Hi, I'm Dr. Fred Silva of Arcana Laboratories, coming to you from Little Rock, Arkansas, with another installment of Throwback Thursday. Great Renal Pathology Books of the 20th Century The SIBA Foundation Symposium on Renal Biopsy, 1961 this seminal meeting of some of the world's greatest renal pathologists was held in London in the spring of 1961 to evaluate the practical interpretation of this technique, renal biopsy. At this symposium, 29 clinicians and pathologists critically evaluated the risk, the value, and the potential of the percutaneous renal biopsy as an aid to more accurate clinical diagnosis, prognosis, and as a guide to therapy. According to Pirani, it, and this is a quote, was a most significant event and turning point in the history of renal biopsy. Until then, this procedure had been carried out in relatively few centers around the world. Thereafter, renal biopsy became an integral part of every major renal center and played a vital role in the birth of nephrology as a major medical specialty. End of quote. It should be noted that before this time, Medical renal conditions were mostly handled by practitioners in nutrition or urologists. Indeed, it is said that the term nephrology was coined in 1960 by Jean Hamburger of Paris at this meeting. The chairman of the SEBA Symposium was Arnold Rich from Johns Hopkins, and it was attended by such notables as Rene Habib, Paris, Robert Heptonstall, United Kingdom at that time, R.B. Jennings, the U.S., H.Z. Movat, Canada, and Conrad Pirani, Chicago. The combined experience and knowledge of the 29 clinicians and pathologists present encompassed about 5,000 renal biopsies. As Pirani states, quote, This was a great improvement on the relatively small series previously reported and appeared to represent a solid base on which to base conclusions, end of quote. He continued, the leisurely exchange of views over a glass of sherry in the mid-morning and a nice cup of tea in the afternoon, and frank and detailed discussions of many important issues was extremely useful. For the pathologist, one of the most refreshing aspects of this meeting was to find out how vitally interested and knowledgeable of renal pathology the clinicians were. Indeed, some of the best presentations of the biopsy findings were made by clinicians. End of quote. Arnold Rich suggested that an accurate renal diagnosis alone will not help the patient unless appropriate therapy is also available. And after each presentation, Dr. Rich asked about the contribution of the renal biopsy in resolving the problem in question. Dr. Paul Iverson, the father of the renal biopsy, was unable to attend because of sickness. But during proofreading of the proceedings, he was asked about the reasons for renal biopsy. Dr. Brune and I went into the kidney biopsy method because we considered it necessary to learn which pathoanatomical changes were to be found in the kidneys in patients suffering from acute anuria. The changes found in the kidneys of these patients whose histories are often ambiguous, are so various that in a dialysis department, you have to include the information given by a kidney biopsy 
before you make up your mind to dialyze. It is my personal opinion that so long as you are not clinically convinced of the cause of the renal symptoms, you ought to perform a kidney biopsy, which actually, in many cases, may lead to the diagnosis, which must presumably always be the object and a condition for treatment. I am also of the opinion that in renal disease, you can obtain information through kidney biopsy as to the seriousness of the case, the prognosis, and that, of course, is always the value for the advice you give your patient. The renal biopsy technique and the judgment of the pathoanatomical changes are so difficult that the procedure and the judgment should only go on at a place where there is expert knowledge. End of quote. Dr. Arthur C. Allen's first edition of The Kidney, Medical and Surgical Diseases was an important book first published in 1951 and did not include electron microscopy, obviously, but his subsequent editions did include EM. This book went through several editions and was also considered an important classic in spreading information about medical conditions of the kidney. Dr. Allen was at both Cornell University and Sloan Kettering in New York. As in most of the few renal pathology books at this time, he discussed embryology, anatomy, physiology, normal and abnormal, uremia, malformations, glomerular, tubular, interstitial, pyelonephritis, calculi, and rickets, and diseases of blood vessels and tumors of the kidney. A special chapter on histological artifacts was unique. This book introduced to many renal pathologists the importance of the Chemisto-Wilson nodules in diabetes. His introduction to this 583-page book is a good review of the challenges and opportunities ahead for renal pathology and renal pathologists. He distinguished a diffuse glomerular disease, one, acute onset with histologic activity, two, another, subacute, and three, another chronic sclerosing glomerular disease in nature. In the focal forms, specific lesions included SLE, wire loops, embolic conditions, and nonspecific types. The third was degenerative type, such as diabetes and amyloid. Dr. Allen's greatest contribution, probably, was that he married Sophie Spitz, who was an American pathologist who published the first case series of juvenile melanoma, a special form of benign melanocytic nevus skin lesions that have come to be known as Spitz nevi. Formerly, many of these were called malignant melanomas. For her contributions to pathology, and especially her foresight in advocating the use of pap smears when it was newly devised, she is also recognized as a prominent pathologist of her time. Dr. Arthur Allen uh, had great training and spent time at Cook County Hospital with Otto Saphir and at New York's Mount Sinai Hospital with Paul Klemperer. Saphir and Klemperer were considered two of the greatest autopsy pathologists in the world. My personal connection to Arthur Allen was quite erudite in that I got to carry his golf clubs through the airport, so I assume he liked to play golf. I don't think anymore you can carry golf clubs through the airport. 
Robert Heptonstall's The Pathology of the Kidney. Many believe this is the first modern textbook and most important book in renal biopsy ever. Heptonstall published his first edition in 1966, which would be the first of many editions, mostly written amazingly by himself with a small family-owned publishing company called Little Brown. It covered the entirety of renal path as it was known at the time. It combined clinical findings, lab values, light microscopy, electron microscopy, and immunofluorescence in one book. And of course, medical writing at that time, which was more interesting and personal than now, was full of enticing antidotes, personal reflections, and English, only wishing that Dr. Heptonstall's amazing English came through while often speaking to the reader in first person, often with wry humor. His book was the first to emphasize observations in renal biopsies rather than autopsies. His personality could come through on the pages. His experience as both a diagnostic clinical and experimental pathologist allowed him to make significant contributions, for example, in hypertension and pyelonephritis. This background gave him a probing and critical perspective few morphologists could ever equal. He is a terrific historian and critical reviewer of his subsequent editions, even seeking to critique and improve the writings of renowned renal pathologists who provided subsequent chapters. Dr. Heppe began his medical career as a surgeon through World War II. His book heralded the current era of modern renal pathology. Dr. McCluskey, one of the great renal immunopathologists of the world, and others would contribute to various editions, which continue into this day. Great stories about Heppe abound, some of which cannot be told here. In 1966, his first edition was published and was a seminal year for nephrology, as the American Society of Nephrology, the ASN, was founded that year as well. The story of the inception of Jason, the official organ of the ASN, is covered elsewhere. Heppe's book is now in its seventh edition, and I'm sure will continue. I must stop here and tell an interesting story, one of many, about Heppe. When I was first asked to write a couple chapters uh, in his book, the chapters came back with every page having on its edge on its border, a critique, and they sounded like this. Good God, my man, how can you say that? Good God, my man, don't quote that. Good God, my man, don't you know the difference? And of course, my secretary, I was chairman, uh, had an endowed professorship, loved the comments. I was still a little bit taken back till I was talking with Robert McCluskey, who told me that Heppy had done the same thing for him. So I guess I was in good company. Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes and Google Play stores. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.